0: You're listening to The Ramped Podcast, a podcast connecting industry heavyweights with the next generation of talented professionals. We're on a mission to build transparency into the practical realities of your early career by exploring how the world's best did it themselves. Our guidance will help you discover and launch a successful career in sales, technology, finance, and many other industries.
1: On today's episode of How I Sell, Presented by The Ramp Podcast. I speak with Paul Rosen, the CRO at ShipBob. Paul has one of the most impressive resumes I have ever seen in my career. He was a COO at CoverWallet. He was a CSO at OnDeck Capital. He's been an adjunct professor, a VP of sales, and a sales manager several times over, getting his start at ADP with his foundational sales roles coming in the highly competitive payment space. In our conversation, Paul draws upon his years of experience leading teams from infancy all the way through scale and even through IPO to public company. I was energized and motivated by our conversation, and I know you're going to learn both strategic and tactical guidance from Paul on how to launch a successful career in sales. Please enjoy our next episode of How I Sell, presented by The Ramp Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to How I Sell. We have a very special guest with us today, somebody that I have been admiring from afar. It's Mr. Paul Rosen. Paul has a very, very successful career. He is the current CRO at ShipBob, where he has raised $200 million in a Series E round at over a billion valuation. Our company just completed that really, really awesome. He was a COO at CoverWallet, CSO at OnDeck Capital, where he grew the team from five million in revenue to over 400 million in revenue. So long, long, illustrious career and a few other stops along the way. I'm sure I shortchanged a little bit, but Paul, nice to have you on the show.
0: Thank you, Danny. I'm, I'm honored and humbled to be here. I think a long, illustrious career is maybe just another way of saying I'm
1: old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've gotten to know each other a bit. Certainly, certainly young, young at heart, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm thrilled you're here.
0: No, I'm I'm excited to participate. I think I'm really excited to be part of of the, the ramps uh, podcast. I think you're doing a great thing. I, I wish when I was earlier in, in my sales career that I was able to to listen to to podcasts
1: like this. Awesome. I really appreciate that. We obviously uh, spend our time here thinking through how to give folks the honest truth about the sales career, the sales track and stuff they don't get to hear coming up in the ranks. So your voice on this show is going to be imperative for their growth. So before we jump into our five questions, as a reminder to our audience on season two, we're asking all our guests the same five questions to get an apples to apples comparison of the the real truths about the sales role and coming up through sales. Uh, I want to know who is Paul Rosen
0: well, I've, uh, I've been, personally, I've been uh, married for uh, for 23 years. I have twin boys that are seniors at Boston University and excited for them to, to venture out on, on their own, but uh, a, a little sad to be uh, an, an empty nester. Quick fun fact, for a couple of years, I was the co-owner of the minor league basketball team in, in Rochester, New York, which was fun for a little while. Professionally, I, I've always been a huge advocate of small and medium-sized businesses. Businesses. I've always felt that the SMB and mid-market businesses really are what drive and run the, the U.S. economy. So I've always tried to take roles that help empower that segment to, to go on and, and be able to focus on their core business and continue to, to do great things in the, uh, in the market.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Something that uh, drew me to you in the first place was, you know, besides all the the mutual connections we seem to have, was the fact that you did focus on SMBs and small, and medium sized businesses throughout the U.S. You know, coming up, I, I spent a good amount of time selling into that that arena. So excited to hear that, and obviously uh, envious of of your twin boys who are heading off to school. I I, I wish that uh, that part of my life took a little bit slower. or At least I was thinking about it going slower when I was in it. So fun times for you ahead. Awesome. So. We ask all of our guests the same five questions. Paul, are you ready to jump into the five questions on how I sell?
0: I guess ready as I'll ever be.
1: Awesome. So question number one, what is the best investment an early career salesperson can do for themselves and why?
0: Yeah, I'm going to probably, Danny, go a little bit deeper in this one than others, because I think this is a question that really has kind of a lot of meat. So if you're a new salesperson, you're starting in your career, I wanted to kind of go down maybe three different quick paths with this. One is it's not about the hours that you work but it's what you do within those hours. I would say, I know people that work 50 to 60 hours a week that don't accomplish all that much. And I know people that work 30 to 35 hours a week that are super productive. So the message isn't, Hey, work a thirty-hour week. But what more I'm trying to convey is, and most of us are in kind of a remote or hybrid situation. But assuming we are in the office, just because you you're the first one in the office and the last one to leave doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get promoted, or doesn't necessarily mean you're you're going to crush it. What's really important is that when you're at work, you're you have a high level of intensity, you're focused, you have. You're concentrating and you really have blinders onto every other distraction. And if you can do that, then then you have a really good chance of. Of of being successful, and it's important to be efficient. I think the second thing is to actually make investments in 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 your career. A lot of people kind of have that daily motion of hey, I show up to work, and just by showing up to work, if you're early in your career, you can tend to get better naturally by having more reps. But if you really want to accelerate your career faster, that that's probably not quite enough. So I'd recommend that you know before hour, and again, it's easier to do it if you're not working sixty hours a week, and you're really a with your work, then I would take off hours time to, to read books, read articles, listen to podcasts like this. Anyone that's listening to to the Ramp podcast are automatically going to get a leg up and, and see if your company has resources. Like I know a lot of the, the people that you're interviewing for Ramp are members of the sales assembly community. And sales assembly, if your company isn't associated with sales assembly, probably should be because there's so many great resources. So, you know, it's after hours, which is really the kind of the time where where you should be doing these extracurricular things. And then I would say the third investment or thing you should do is try to find a mentor. So if your long-term goal is you want to be a CEO, then have a CEO be a mentor. If it's a CRO, COO, VP, a couple of things related to, to finding a mentor, like I think the mentor can kind of help you during your defining career moments kind of point you in the right direction. Or if you're stuck in the mud or not on the track, kind of Think, think through your career strategically with you. One of the things I wouldn't do is I wouldn't go to a mentor, like a busy CEO or CRO, and say, hey, will you be my mentor? And can I have weekly one-on-ones with you? Because the really quality mentors aren't going to have that type of time. But it's really important to kind of find really, really strong people that are in the roles that you want to be in to kind of, again, help you dur- during those defining moments and pivotal reflection points you know, w- within your career.
1: Yeah, Paul, thanks for, for laying those out really clearly and succinctly. And what I've noticed even with talking to you before the episode and in a previous conversation is you give everybody very actionable points to just hammer out, you know, finding a mentor, making sure that you're not, you know, abusing time or asking for too much and just being really clear with your ask. So I, I love this advice. It's something that I wish I actually knew earlier in my career on, you know, not only that I needed a mentor or should find a mentor, but, but how to find it, who to, who to target. So I appreciate you laying that out so clearly for everybody. Question number two. What is the biggest surprise you experienced early in your career and why?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And this is a great question. I don't know if this was that. This was probably 10 years out of college. So maybe not that early, but this type of thing can happen all the time. And, and I'll kind of share with you, I think, what how, how you should kind of approach these situations. So I, at the time, I was a regional vice president for um, a medium-sized national payroll company. I wasn't on the executive suite, but I was a mid-manager. I probably had 60, 65 people on my team at that point our plan was to go public. We had filed our 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 S1. The executive team did the roadshow to talk to institutional investors. Literally the day before we were supposed to ring the bell, we got bought by our biggest competitor. And this was the competitor that we sold against every single day. And we used to say, here are all the reasons you don't want to do business with that company and you want to do business with us. And now we were part of that company. And as a regional vice president, I found out about 30 minutes before the rest oh my of my God. team found out. So I wasn't part of, of this strategy session. So definitely a surprise. But what I would say is changes happen all the time in business that are going to be surprises. You'll get a new boss. Your territory will change. Your company will merge with somebody else. The scope of your role could change. If you're a little uncomfortable with change, there's a really good book Who Moved My change. And that can kind of help put you in front. In- mindset for it. But yeah, early early in your career, these big sweeping changes will definitely surprise you as you get a little bit more mature in your career. It's kind of, you know, par for the course.
1: Yeah, that's that's helpful. I have a question off that. Do you feel like the only way that you can get used to these types of early changes? And I went through some myself, obviously a group on I joined around series A, Series B and watched to go f- from that through IPO, so there was always new faces, it was changing every day, and really, I would never be able to experience or or understand why or how this would change unless I just went through it. Is there is there another way to kind of get used to it, or is, you just have to live it?
0: Yeah, I think that you have to to live it. and But more importantly than just living it is I think that as, as people, we have a tendency, we when, when the highs are good, we can tend to get too high. And when the lows are bad, we can get too low. When things are going great, things are probably really not as good as we think they are. But then when things are really bad, things are not as bad as we think they are. So to the approach that you can have perspective and an even key and I think to your point, Danny, which is right on, you just kind of have to live it and go through it. But I think to the extent that you can kind of have, you know, kind of have the right mindset that an, an approach to it, you know, kind of makes the process a little bit easier. But anytime you go through that first big change, you know, it's never easy. And even having probably gone through a dozen big changes, they're they're all difficult and they're all challenging, but kind of just have to work through it.
1: Yep. Yep. That's that's helpful and makes a ton of sense. I would say I went to business school, not, not dissimilar to what you did, and you'd get... Case studies, right? They'd give you, Hey, Southwest Airlines is this type of company because they have this type of culture. And here's how they built this type of culture. And you're thinking when you come out of school, at least I was, that's how it's going to be, right? I'm going to join a company and I could instill this type of change. If it doesn't have it or I'm, you know, theoretically every company should operate like this. And you get in and it's just a whirlwind of changes and. Different people and different ambitions and different motivations for everybody. And you're like, wow, this is not what I read about at school at all. Really, you do have to kind of just live it and go through the motion and know that, you know, you as a, as an employee, you as an operator have the right mentality to kind of react to everything. And it's how you react to everything versus. How things in the in the wild are, or how things are happening to you. It's it's really about controlling your mentality, controlling your attitudes. Yeah,
0: hundred percent agree with you.
1: Awesome. So, question number three: What's one mistake that you made early in your career that shaped the way you operate today?
0: Gosh, I've made so many mistakes in my career, Danny. At some point, I'm going to write a book just about all the mistakes I made. But I would say at this time, after the company that was purchased by the large competitor, I became the head of sales of what at the time was a startup payroll company. We had grown the business and we had actually grown to the point where we were probably around the third or fourth largest independent payroll company. And I hired two managers from company called Paychecks, And paychecks if you don't know paychecks world-renowned for their training program, world-class training program, phenomenal in that area. And the two managers came up to me and said, hey, Paul, like the two of us would like to take over like new salesperson. I'm the head of sales. Like we do things differently here than you did at Paychecks, And I still wanted the control and reins of it, which was a huge mistake because two things ended up happening. One is I had two very talented managers that were now disengaged right? Because they didn't have an opportunity to contribute the way that they wanted to. And two, at best, my training and onboarding was mediocre. So Six months later, which was six months too late, they finally had the opportunity to do that. And when they built that training program, it ran circles around and was so much better than what I had developed. So I think that the lesson learned for for those of you that are going to become newer managers or newer leaders is delegate as, as much as you can. Part of it is you want your team members to grow and develop. And the more your team grows, the better their engagement is. But also the better the productivity is, have people that are strong in certain areas, do what they're really really good at yeah so that was that was probably one of my bigger mistakes
1: yeah thank you thank you for sharing that again another one of those things that you know, so unique and uh unique to a career and also gets you into the mindset of you, know, you kind of have to experience this to actually understand what to do with it but the key takeaway i had there especially at the end was the the insight is you know as you're coming up as you know you go through the SDR track and get promoted into the AE track and then into a manager track, it is to understand what are things that can be delegated and what are things that you need to focus on in order to make you and your team better. And I think, you know, that insight that you had going through this experience is is invaluable and, and something that uh, we should all take to heart. Very cool. Very cool. Question number four who has had the greatest impact on your career? And folks sometimes take this differently. So instead of naming names, if you're not comfortable to name somebody, they talk about a situation. So either one flies or you could do both. Yeah,
0: I think it depends on the stage of, of my career and, and- what I kind of learned from from that individual. So at uh, the payroll service called Ovation, which was the first company where I was head of sales, we had a CEO, Tony Tortorella, great guy. He, he was our CEO and he was like the number two or three person at, at Paychex, moved over to Ovation to become the CEO. One of the great things, he was phenomenal at storytelling. And and through him, I learned that you know to be a great leader and even even at the sales level, Being able to tell a good story is a great way to, to build rapport. It's a great way to build trust. It's a great way to, to build connections. And, and it's really at, at every single level. If, if you're at a, a beginning of your sales career at an entry level, building stories is a great way to connect with your prospects and get them to trust you at, at the C level. You know, it's really important to kind of craft and, and message and have a great story when you're talking to your board and investors. And when I talk about stories, Stories doesn't mean you're spinning any things or stories doesn't mean you're weaving, you know, negative news and trying to turn positive but it's really kind of understanding if you're a salesperson, what's kind of happening in the market and being able to communicate that to your manager. At a C-level, it's being able to kind of tell the, the same story. And if there's areas where you're not executing, being able to own up and take accountability of it, but more importantly than that, kind of talk through the needle movers or levers or things that you're trying in order to improve. And then if there's some data and some data that's Maybe a little bit more complex or difficult to interpret. Really, kind of figuring out how to take that data and tell it into a story so that everyone can understand. So Tony really kind of taught me and, and really kind of helped develop my storytelling skills. When I went to On Deck, Noah Breslow, who is the CEO really kind of helped me take more of a data-driven approach to to telling stories. And I think you need to continue to to learn. Drew, who's our CEO at ShipUp, he's 15 to 20 years younger than me. And I've probably learned something from him, every every interaction and every one on one we have. So I, I would say, if you're earlier in your career, there'll be a lot of people that will impact your your career. And I would try to take you know a couple of gold nuggets or a couple of things from every single mentor or every single person, and then kind of weave that into to how you approach your your business and how you approach your life.
1: Yeah, that's great. Something that we actually teach quite aggressively in the ramp course is storytelling, and it can be as simple as the reason. That you should be a great storyteller is because folks, people in general, have grown up hearing stories. That's the way that we as humans like to hear information is in the form of a story. It's more engaging. It's more insightful. It's not as direct in terms of just Say facts and hope that people react to it the right way. So it's something that we, we spend a lot of time, especially in the interview prep part is you can't just list bullet points on your resume and expect to get the job. You have to frame it in, in why the, the, the reason why and, and what threads have come through your life. So, uh, love that advice. And it's good to know that you're still even learning about how to tell stories, how to frame things, even, even, uh, today as, as someone who's a CRO. So that's, that's excellent insight.
0: Yeah. You always have to continue to be learning no matter where you are in life, no matter what level you're at, always have to have longer to learn.
1: Awesome. Last question for you. Question number five. We've asked the same question at the end to all of our guests on both seasons of How I Sell. If you could go back in time now that you have the benefit of hindsight, what advice would you give yourself as you were entering into your career?
0: Yeah, I think longer term, your career needs to tell a story. And I think you need to think through that early on and kind of, I've never been a great chess player, but if you kind of think about it through chess, you want to think about your career two or three moves ahead. So if you're a BDR and you're not happy with your manager, so you decide to take a BDR role with another company, like what, what story do, does, does that tell? If you're an AE, And you jump to another A.E. position with another company and and make a lateral move just because they paid you $20,000 more in base. What story is that telling? And not that lateral moves can't tell a story. Like if you're a salesperson and you take a lateral move because you want to go into RevOps to develop some new skills or develop some new competencies that that you don't have, that, then that that could be a good thing. But I, I, I would think early on in your career, before you make any big defining career changing move, I would kind of think through, okay, when when I'm 50 years old and I'm going back and kind of telling this story, how, how does this story get told? And does, is this um, a good story to tell? And I've been fortunate and, and sometimes even a little lucky in, in my career with a lot of things. So it, it, things ended up kind of working out fairly well for me. But I think I could probably have accelerated my pace in certain areas if, if I would have thought through some of those things a little bit earlier.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. Again, I think the way that you framed it up is is really nice as well. You know, it's a quote that I've heard is, it's not what do I want to be doing 10 years from now, it's 10 years from now, what would I be telling myself looking back that I would want to tell my younger self or that I would regret telling my younger self if I did it, uh, if I didn't do something. So I think that that perspective of, you know, here's my career today, many years out in the future. Uh, how do I want to look back on it? So I, I I appreciate that. And, you know, it's something that you wouldn't necessarily get as, you know, a 21 to 27 year old coming out of school and understanding, yeah, I got to get to the next, got to get to the next, got to get to the next. There's more perspective there. And, and Paul, thanks for for sharing that and shedding light on that.
0: Sure. My, my pleasure. Ho- ho- hope, it, hope it was helpful.
1: Yeah, this was awesome. So before we end the show, uh, where can folks find you?
0: I'll give everyone my, my personal email is paulrosen615 at, at gmail.com. I'll, I'll boldly give my cell phone if anyone wants to reach out. It's 585 507 I wasn't prepared with my Twitter feed number or my uh, LinkedIn. I guess feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Feel free to find me on on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm approachable. And. I'm very passionate about the the field of of sales. So if anyone has any questions about anything or you're thinking about making a decision and you want uh to, another opinion, uh, certainly happy to help.
1: Paul, you've been more than generous with your time. We'll throw all that info into the show notes as well for everybody. Uh, And you're obviously uh, very, very generous with your time going forward, but we've loved having you on the How I Sell podcast. The information that you dropped on us was invaluable. And everybody, please, please take notes during this episode. Re-listen to it. Paul just dropped some serious strategic and tactical knowledge on your career and how it evolves and how it can shape uh, the way you tell stories about yourself and how you think about your career going forward. So Paul, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And we hope to have you back sometime in the near future.
0: Thanks, Danny. Humble to be a part of it. So thanks for including me.
1: Awesome. Talk soon.
0: Thank you for listening to the ramped podcast. To access our show notes, the ramped platform, or to become a corporate partner, visit www.rampedcareers.com or email us at sales at This podcast is brought to you by ramped, ramped is on a mission to democratize job access through learning and career discovery until next time